It's so awesome to know that if I pray and I call upon the name of the Lord according to His will, either God's going to give it to me or He's going to hold it up or He won't give it to me because otherwise it will destroy me. But it's so neat that He cares about each one of us individually whenever He's going to give us any one of the gifts or whatever He's going to do in your life. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today for an inspiring message in our continuing Christmas series. As Raul explores the song Mary sang in response to God's astounding choice for her life, you'll get a challenge to surrender to the Lord's will for your life. Stay with us for assurance that the God who sent Jesus to die for your sins has a perfect plan for your life. In Luke chapter 1, here's Raul Reese with the lesson, Mary's Song. This is a beautiful song that literally was written by Mary as she had come to see her cousin Elizabeth that already was pregnant and she was going to have John the Baptist uh, to become her son. This has been called by many the Magnificent Song or the Magnificent Song because of the uh, Latin version that is given to us in verse 46 uh, the great desire of the song is to magnify the Lord and never herself. So this is the beginning now where Mary herself begins to point out to each one of us individually how she was the mother of Jesus, but she did not want any worship of herself. It was all directed to the Lord, which is so neat. And Mary is an interesting person when you look at the life of Mary Mary's name is an interesting name in Greek. It means bitterness. But the reason that the name was given to Mary, bitterness, is because of all the bitter experiences that she would experience with Christ in her own life. Now the Bible tells us that Mary, before she had this child, she was already engaged to a guy by the name of Joseph. And what's really incredible is that among Jewish uh, engagements, it started away when they were kids. Actually, engagements came by parents. Parents would have a son. The other parents would have a daughter. You were neighbors. So we would say, okay, why don't we do this? You had a daughter. I have a son. Why don't we put them into engagement? And when they grow up, they make a decision whether they want to marry or not. But what's amazing in this engagement is that at the age of 18 years old, they would be given one year of that engagement time before the true ceremony of a wedding to think about it and to make sure that you wanted to marry this woman and the woman wanted to marry this man. And uh, men always paid alimony in advance just in case in that culture. Father said, well, pay me an alimony for my daughter, just in case you don't want to marry later on. I got the money, and I got my daughter back too. So they were pretty smart. But the Holy Spirit had chosen Mary to bear Jesus Christ and to bring Him into the world. 
But after Jesus was born, Mary had a natural life, just like you and me. She had a husband. He was a carpenter. And then we not only historically get the picture that Mary and Jesus loved each other so much. So when we come to this beautiful song of Mary, this is a beautiful song that God exalts. Not Mary. But Mary exalts the Lord. I like that. She exalts Jesus Christ. Never Jesus exalting her at all. And this song can be studied equally, if you want to write this down, with 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Hannah having Samuel, kind of a similar song, kind of almost alike. So when you go home, you can read it. But let's begin by reading this evening, verse 46, and we'll pick it up and see what the song was about as we look at it completely here. He says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies, notice, or declares the Lord. You notice that the word Lord there is capital L, small o, small r, small d. If it was capital L-O-R-D, all capitals, that would be what? The name Jehovah. You see? God. But here the word Lord is kurias. Speaking of His Lordship. Every time you see the capital L, small o, small r, small d, it's speaking of His Lordship. And so when Mary begins to magnify the Lord, he said, my soul magnifies the Lord. You notice that here, she begins not only to worship God, but her worship is interesting here. It's an expression deep down in her soul. I believe that worship is a very important part of a service, because what do musicians do? Musicians, they prepare the heart of the people for the message to come forth. Music can really move people. But that's the way the Lord works. And this is the time where Mary's expressing deep within her soul. Oh, magnify, declare the Lord. Oh, he says, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Notice that Mary calls Jesus, her son, God, equal. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, equal. The three are one. Notice that where she's actually singing here. She says, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Notice that Mary is making a proclamation here that Mary also had to receive Jesus as her Savior. The mother of Jesus. Just like you and I. She had to receive Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. Just like anybody else. And then it says, for he, Jesus, has regarded the lowly state of his maiden servant. Notice her humility. Never proud. Notice what she says about herself. He has regarded the lowly state of his maiden servant. For behold, henceforth, all the generations will call me, notice, blessed. That is true. We call her blessed. But we don't pray to her. We don't petition to her in any way. But we think of her as a beautiful person. That God used to bring his son into the world. But never ever to bring adoration or worship to Mary in any way. Because she was just like you and I. The only privilege God gave to her is to bear his son Jesus Christ. 
And even as God chooses you or chooses me to do whatever He wants me to do in this life, He'll use my life like He used Mary to bring glory and honor to His name. In the same way, if you were writing a song, I would pray that your song would be edifying and bringing glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. For He's the one that does everything for us. Then look again what He says in verse 49. For He... Who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Now can you imagine here she's saying God has done mighty things in my own personal life. I mean you ever wonder how many mighty things God has done in your own personal life? I can think of hundreds and thousands of things that God has done in my life. It's so awesome to know that if I pray... And I call upon the name of the Lord according to His will. Either God's going to give it to me or He's going to hold it up or He won't give it to me because otherwise it will destroy me. But it's so neat that He cares about each one of us individually whenever He's going to give us any one of the gifts or whatever He's going to do in your life. That's why I trust Him in my life. Whatever He wants to do in my life, He can do it. And whatever He doesn't want to do or give to me, it's okay with me. Because He knows better than I know better. You see? And this is what Mary is expressing with deep within her heart. And that His name is a holy name. The name of Jesus means God's salvation. Notice what else He says. For He is mighty, has done great things for me. Holy is His name and His mercy is on those who fear Him. Notice, where is the mercy of God? On those who fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To fear God is not to be shaking or quaking and hiding. No, the fear of the Lord is reverence to God. You respect Him. You are obedient to God. That's what reverence means. It doesn't mean that I'm afraid of God. No, I can't be afraid of God. He's a holy God. The only reason that I would be afraid is if I'm living a life of sin. And I would be afraid that He was going to wipe me out. But I don't do that. Because the reverence that I bring to God is in my obedience and my walk with Jesus Christ, recognizing that it's by the grace of God and the mercy of God that I am before Him every day. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, Isaiah said. And that is so true. Looking at Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. And we're glad to have Raul in the studio with us once again to give us some insight into reaching people with the gospel. Raul, the Christmas season is a unique time of year, and for many people, it's a very lonely time. How would you encourage those who don't have family during this Christmas season? There's a lot of people this day that are on the streets, especially on the streets. They have no family. They have no one. If I'm driving down the street, what I've done, when I see this lonely person, I'll stop. You know, not just say Merry Christmas, but I'll, you know, I'll give them a hamburger, whatever it is, and to help them, but to bring joy to their lives, because they have no joy. <laughs> and when I look at that, it really hurts me. Because I don't know their situation, I don't know what happened to their family, but they're still people. <laughs> so I pray, and if I can, I like to have them come to the Lord, and then maybe give them a mission, a place that they can go to, and to see that this person somehow will find someone that will take them in. What do you think is our greatest tool for sharing the love of Christ with those around us? The way you live. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You can't give them a Bible if you don't live by the Bible. (laughs) And the worst thing is you can say you're a Christian to your family and not live like a Christian. 
to your friends. You want to go drink with us? Well, maybe I'll have one. And the Christians are doing that today. Let's go have one drink. Well, one leads to another drink. And then what do you do at home? When you don't have your friends, if you do it publicly, you're doing it in secret. So I would encourage guys, Christians out there, men, stop drinking. If you drink, be a real witness to your family and to your friends and to those you work with. Well, may God give us the grace we need to be those kinds of witnesses. Thanks so much, Raul. Now, at the end of today's lesson, we'll tell you about a resource that could be helpful this Christmas season in reaching those around you with the love of Christ. But first, let's return to more of today's lesson. Then verse 50, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Or it doesn't stop. He has shown strength with his arms. Now, some of you that are here tonight, maybe you have, maybe this is your first time accepting the Lord. You're the first generation Christians. Some of you may be second or third generation. And you're saying, well, you know, I accepted the Lord, but my children are not walking with the Lord. What do I do? You pray. And you wait upon God for His divine time. Because here God is giving you a promise that His mercies and the fear of the Lord is from generation to generation. As we, the parents, as we, the children, begin to fear the Lord. We can begin to pray for our children. And someday, as God's perfect timing whether at a deathbed or an accident or whatever it may be, God is going to touch your children. And one day, if we stay faithful to God because of God's promises, your children will serve the Lord too. Verse 51, He has shown strength with His arms. Notice that. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. God resisted the proud, but He gives grace to who? The humble. Notice that. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich He has sent away empty. Notice God knows how to take away people's riches. Because of their pride. He has helped His servant Israel. That's speaking again. In remembrance of His mercy. And He spoke for our fathers to Abraham to his seed forever. And then Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. So Mary stayed with her for three months and now she's going to return back home. And now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered. That means nine months are up now. And remember her husband, what happened to her husband? He was mute. Remember he was in the temple, Zechariah? And because he didn't believe the promise of God, God made him mute for nine months. Now the baby's going to be born. The prophecy is going to come to pass. And now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard now that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Remember, she was old. It was a miracle that she was pregnant. And now so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child. On the eighth day, they would circumcise every male child, not only to for cleanliness. But also it was a covenant that God had made with Abraham. And they kept it up all the way through. Notice what else. And they would have called him by name of his father Zechariah. Which means Jehovah has remembered. And his mother answered and said no, no, no. He said he will be called John. Which means Jehovah is gracious to me. That's his name. 
But they all said to her, Hey, there is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. And so they made signs to his father because he couldn't talk. And he would have him call him. And he asked for a writing table. So you imagine, here's Zechariah now. Nine months he hasn't spoken. So he takes his tablet, gets ready to speak. And what does God do? God opens his mouth. Watch what happens. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, His name is John. And they all marveled. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loose. And he spoke praising God. Imagine that. Imagine all the time he had to think about God. And how unbelief covered his mouth. And now as soon as he writes down the name of John, it's what? It's in obedience to God, because that's the name God gave to John. And here's a father and mother submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, not being selfish for themselves, but allowing God to use them in their old age, not recognizing yet that their son would be the one six months earlier than Christ. Not only to be born, but six months earlier to go as he would grow up and he would become the forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord Jesus Christ as he would come to the nation of Israel. John the Baptist would be the one to prepare the way. And here God gave her the greatest opportunity with her son. And then fear came on all of them who dwelt among them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout the hills of the country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, What kind of a child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. This is so important because imagine how your children, when you had your children, you didn't know what kind of children you were going to have. That's why it's so important that if you're a believer now and you don't have any children, that you're going to have children. It's always good to dedicate them to the Lord when they're born. To pray for them. But by faith, as a mother and father, and in obedience to the word of God, I bring my child forth, and I present him before the Lord, for God to use however he wants to use him. Look what else he says. And then fear came on all of them dwelling around, and all these things discussed throughout all the hills of the country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of a child is this? can this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Underline that you want the hand of the Lord to be with you. That's what you really want in your life. Praying for my children that the hand of the Lord will be with them. Leading them, guiding them, anointing them, using them. In every way. And then Zechariah, after being dumb for nine months, all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And what does he do? He prophesies. Notice the beautiful prophecy here. And now his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied saying. Now you know what's neat about it here? Is that here is a praise to God. Fulfillment. Through the gift of prophecy, which is the word of God spoken, bringing forth honor and glory and edification of building up in the kingdom of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look how he begins. Blessed is the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people. Notice the first thing he speaks about is redemption. For Israel, through who? Through Jesus Christ. 
That the reason Jesus Christ came was to redeem the Jew, not the Gentile. When the Jew rejected redemption, redemption was given to the Gentile. You see, that was the purpose of God. It came to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And so here he's making that proclamation of redemption. Verse 69. It has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The horn speaks of symbol of power. Speaking of Jesus Christ being raised up in the house of David. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. Notice this. Salvation here for his enemies. He says, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. God protects us. God is with us. People may hate you. They may speak against you. They may mock you. They can do whatever they want to do. And as long as you belong to the Lord, you don't have to worry about it. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody. So neat. And then verse 71 That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all those who hate us to perform His mercy promised to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant. Speaking to Israel now. And notice now the nation's salvation for Israel. The oath which He swore to our father Abraham to grant unto us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve Him without any fear. In holiness. Notice here the right attitude. In holiness and in righteousness. The right acts. Before Him in all the days of our lives. How should we serve God? In holiness and in righteousness. In verse 76. Notice now John. To be recognized as the prophet of God. And you child. John. Will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord. To prepare his way. There is his commission. God is going to call you John. Here's his dead prophesying over the little baby. John when you grow up. You're going to lead the way. And you're going to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. For your own first cousin. To give knowledge of salvation to his people. So John's going to proclaim repentance. And he's going to point to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God with which, notice, the day spring, Jesus Christ. Again in Malachi 4.2 we have that. From on high has visited us. So here God the Father sent who to visit us? Jesus Christ. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. We hope you've been encouraged by the faith of Christ's mother, Mary, and his cousin, John the Baptist. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's lesson again, just call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Simply ask for Raul's message titled, Mary's Song. As you think about your response to the Lord, we'd like to tell you about a resource simply titled, Salvation. It's a four-message audio pack from Rawl that underscores our dire need for rescue from sin's bondage and illuminates God's plan to come to our rescue with the gift of His Son. 
you'll see that the mighty love that propelled Christ to a cross is the same force that shapes God's perfect will for your life, so you can trust Him with absolute confidence. Act now to order all's reassuring 4-CD Salvation Series. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you this collection for a gift of $18 or more. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry. We're grateful for your partnership and want to remind you that every contribution is tax-deductible. We hope you're enjoying this Christmas series, and we encourage you to join us again next time. We'll quiet our hearts to consider God's surprising plan for His only Son to be born in a humble stable in a tiny backwater town. Here's Rawl with a closing comment. Notice the purpose of Jesus Christ coming to pull people out of the darkness into His light. That's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. God wants us to come to Him. And then He said, not only to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, but check this out, to guide our feet into the way of peace. There is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord. But as we come to Jesus Christ, He becomes my peace. In verse 80, and so the child grew, notice now the characteristics of John, and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. What do you mean by that? He lived in the desert, man. He was a bushman, but yet he was a voice in the wilderness proclaiming that Jesus Christ would come. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.